8.15. We're no strangers to efforts to curb smoking here in Korea, where until just a few years ago it was still commonplace in bars, coffee shops, various places. Now you can't even smoke in a lot of outdoor areas, in theory at least. But uh, Hawaii, for its part, is pondering a more radical solution. A lawmaker there has tried to pass a new bill that would ban the sale of tobacco to anyone under 100 years old by the year 2024. Can you imagine if you're like 95 and you're going to a store and you're being asked for ID to check your age? Kind of is almost farcical. But Mr. Jorge Ortiz, news reporter at USA Today, has written about the issue and joins us for further discussion. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hi, how are you doing? Well, good, thank you. Very curious about House Bill 1509 which proposes raising the smoking age to 100 years old. Is this effectively an attempt to outlaw smoking in a slightly bizarre fashion that's not going to quite draw the same negativity as if you, as if you literally try to make it illegal? Uh, it's pretty close uh, to that. I mean, considering that they're, all, they're facing that over five years, that's not a, a long time at all. Uh, I was surprised with uh, how ambitious the bill was um, you know, to where, um, you know, it's increasing the age, uh, the age limit for buying cigarettes um, higher and higher to the point where in five years you'd have to be 100 years old to uh, to be allowed to buy cigarettes. And I think they figure if you're 100 and you want to smoke, then go ahead and smoke. But um, but uh, just uh, a, uh, a brief uh, update on it. Uh, the bill died in committee, so the bill did not move, move forward. I think they determined it was a little bit too uh, too radical at this time, a little too extreme, and they felt like it needed more public feedback before moving forward. But but I think this is still a, a pretty remarkable first step because it gives you a sense that um, you know these things are percolating and that eventually something like this may move forward. It, it's a it's a pretty tiny number of uh, Americans and generally people in the world who live to be. A hundred years old. What's the response been? Is there any appetite for raising the tobacco purchasing age, even to a you know, even if it was like fifty, it would cause some great upheaval. One would imagine. Yes, it would. I I don't see that happen anytime soon. Um, you know, as as you know, uh, there are now five or six states, rather uh, five al- along with Hawaii. That have raised the uh, the age limit uh, to 21 um, from 18. There are also more than 300 localities uh, that uh, that have raised it, and and that includes some major cities like New York, Chicago, Boston, San Francisco, Washington, San Antonio, Minneapolis, Cleveland. So even though you don't have all the states lined up uh, taking these steps, you have so many big cities doing that that ev- essentially. It's like uh, it's like uh, most of the uh, the country has raised uh, the limit to 21. Hawaii was the first of those states, though, to, to raise that age limit. What is it about Hawaii? Is it the distance from the mainland that allows this slightly different attitude? Is there something else about health awareness there? Well, that's part of it um, in the sense that uh, Hawaii doesn't have to worry about imposing uh, laws or bans uh, that, that would uh, force other or, or prompt other uh, their residents to 
to just cross state lines and uh, and then get the banned product. You know, <laughs> being an island, uh, that's not a concern. So it has that peculiarity. But besides that, um, Hawaii is very progressive. Um, its governor is democratic. Its two its two uh, senators are democratic. So there is a state that doesn't mind uh, government being a little more proactive than uh, more uh, conservative states. Just looking at some of the statistics uh, from official bodies in the United States uh, that that have collated this, uh, we've got the national data showing in 2017, breaking down by state, Hawaii had 13.1% of adults smoking. Um, compared with a national rate of 17.1%. Actually, that was 2016. But in 2017, it was shown that 8.1% of high school students smoked on at least one day in the past 30 days. So that was below the age of uh, of being allowed to do so, obviously. Again, the national rate there, pretty similar, 8.8%. In other words, is the legislation in sync with the population at large? I think... It's a little too progressive. It's a, it's a little too uh, aggressive. Like some of the experts I spoke with believe that it would probably not pass because, uh, you know, again, the phase is so quick. Um, and, you know, you're, you're still going to have some people who resent governmental interference. You're still going, going to have uh, some of the uh, lobbying efforts by the tobacco industry against it. Uh, but even though it didn't pass, it still it still still sets a tone for a, a state that is essentially saying this is a deadly product. We're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to acquire it. In in a way, it does make sense for it to at least be on the same level as alcohol consumption. Uh, but because there are several countries in the world where you, you can buy cigarettes legally at a much younger age, like sixteen, uh, than than buying alcohol. I, I agree, and and I think you know I, for a long time they have gone kind of hand in hand. Um, that's no not really the case in the United States uh, right now, and that for some reason they got separated. At, you know, at one point the legal age for drinking in uh, most of the United States was 18, and that was the same case for smoking. Then it, it got raised to uh, the, for for drinking it got raised to 21. I think partly in uh, largely in. Uh, as a result of all the efforts from group, groups like uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving and all the uh, casualties of, uh, you know, when you have uh, particularly young people driving uh, under the influence. It happens as well with um, uh, older drivers, but at least they, they tend to be more experienced at, behind the wheel. Uh, so what we're seeing is that there's kind of a, a large rejection of, uh, of smoking cigarettes because of the, uh, the effectiveness of the campaigns uh, to alert people uh, to their dangers. And, you know, it used to be that at one point uh, the label of the cigarette boxes or cigarette packs said, you know, the Surgeon General has determined this product is hazardous to your health. Now he pretty much says, this is going to kill you. So when you have those kind of uh, intense campaigns and the warnings and the, the constant reassurance, Eventually, some of those messages get through, and I think that's what happened with tobacco. Just in the last few days, we've we've also seen, though, the Hawaiian Senate Judiciary Committee unanimously recommend a bill decriminalising marijuana. It seems to me it's kind of hard to move in that direction with marijuana and get tougher on 
tobacco when you have the obvious similarity of smoking and and a major headache of deciding how you separate the two? Uh, you, there's some truth to that, but uh, marijuana has also made uh, stronger efforts to become available through edibles, and I think that's where you can, you know, see the reason behind it. Uh, you know, we now have 30-something states that uh, allow uh, the legal use of marijuana at least for medicinal purposes. Mm. So, again, being a progressive state, Hawaii was certainly not going to be caught behind at times in that regard. Now, it might be that you could fine-tune the law to where they say, um, you know, marijuana sales are legal as long as it's an edible form. I don't think that's, that's been the case. And, and typically, the other aspect of it is that you don't have as, as much smoking when, you are, when you're smoking uh, uh, marijuana. The amount that the smoker would consume um, of the amount of, of uh, smoke that you inhale is nowhere near as much as when you have a, a smoker who's consuming, you know, a pack or two a day of cigarettes. Right. I mean, aside from the challenges of, of um, enforcing marijuana legislation versus enforcing tobacco legislation, is there also a cautionary tale going all the way back to the alcohol prohibition era? In other words, if you try to prohibit cigarette use or if we go in that direction with something like an age limit do we just open up the black market uh there are some concerns in that regard uh some of the experts i spoke with uh raised that issue but uh, some of the others believe that that that's that's a bit exaggerated particularly because of the option of uh the e-cigarettes you know if uh I think the people I spoke with believe that you have to have an option for smokers. It's not that easy to uh, to quit. And as much as you want to encourage people and provide programs, it's it's a very tough task for a lot of people, particularly long-time smokers. So now they have an option um, to get that nicotine fixed through e-cigarettes, which are by no means health products, but they're not nearly as as uh, hazardous as uh, as cigarettes. So that's why it's less likely that would happen. And, in fact, part of what we've seen is that the tobacco industry embraced e-cigarettes. You know, you're still, uh, the nicotine is still extracted from tobacco plants, so you're not totally killing that industry. And realizing just the strong headwinds against uh, the use of uh, cigarettes in this country, it, it just makes sense for them to, you know, look for other alternatives other means to de- uh, deliver their product, and it's part of the reason why, um, you know, the Altria, the uh, the former uh, Philip Morris, uh, purchased Jewel, uh, mm. or a 35% stake in Jewel in December for nearly $13 billion. Mr. Ortiz, an interesting future, perhaps limited to e-cigarettes. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. It's been an interesting interview.